Welcome back to part two of the All Things Rugby League and Shortball Grand Final Preview Podcast. We finished off the last one by going a bit into detail about Wayne Bennett and his success at other clubs, including this year at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Really hope you enjoyed this one. Part two, take a listen. The the ball comes back to Stewart. They float across the line. It comes to Linda. Back inside it comes to Lyons. He's away from one tackle. Then the ball back to Stewart. They've got an overlap. Stewart's gone straight through. He comes to halfway. Where are the wingers? He's up over halfway. He's looking for Eddie Howard. He's still going, Stewart. He gave it to Maninga. So let's get started here. Well, I've got some stats uh, just from South, Penrith, uh, a bunch of stats, and then also some news here. But we'll start with the stats here. So I've got tackle efficiency average for the forwards. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 96.14% versus Panthers, 93.34%. And we're arguing that Panthers were the biggest defensive side in the competition at the start of the year, and now South are averaging a higher tackle efficiency uh, coming to this final series. Look, I think what you can argue as well um, is Rabbitohs in the second half of the season have been one of the best defensive sides, if not the best. But uh, stats, in my opinion, don't tell a full story. I love to refer to stats and sort of backing up my argument. But the Panthers, it's not just the fact that they get uh, through work and defense and that they uh, make their tackles. And it's some of the stuff they do in desperation times. Like the last three weeks have shown that they've had Parramatta and the Storm attacking their line. Um, the Storm in particular, who are a quality um, attacking side, they weren't at their best. I, I think the Storm were pretty poor, to be honest. But uh, the Panthers, whenever there was a half chance or a half opportunity for the Storm, you'd see guys rushing in to make those desperation tackles and I think Justin Olin went through and was like that close to the line and got held up or or stopped just short of the line rather and who stops Justin Olin that close to the line next to nobody so I think the Rabbitohs have really worked on their defense and really uh improved their defense um a lot but I think Panthers uh one of those teams that just turn up for each other and they'll come out and they'll perform no matter what and uh they'll, they'll be making their They'll, they'll be stopping teams from scoring tries, really. And that's that's the aim of defence, is it not? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and then you can argue again, Wayne Bennett. Just the, the impact that he's had on, on, on sides is just unbelievable. Dylan, what are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, obviously, as Jacob sort of touched on it, the stats really don't say it all, but it sort of does. These two teams obviously have an incredible uh, percentage and near 100, and that just shows that these two teams 100% deserve to be in the grand final. But what Wayne's done with South's defence over the past couple of months, it's improved out of sight. Like you say, Penrith put 50 points on them, and then they come back about eight weeks later and South beat them 10-6 in a final, and here they are. They have themselves in a grand final. But as Jacob says, the resilience and the bravery of the Panthers' defence, they're just always turning up for each other. I'll use an example from the Melbourne game when Jerome Hughes got through, like, if I'm looking over and I see Scott Sorensen running, I'm, I'm probably thinking, oh, he's just doing it for a bit of a chase. But to think Scott Sorensen caught someone like Jerome Hughes just shows how much the Panthers' defense um, is and how much it means to their 
their team and their club. And I just feel like Penrith defense has just been so resilient the past month. Like even though they did lose against us, that game was so tough. The para game, that's probably one of the greatest games I've seen in the finals. And then to go on to a Melbourne game and to beat Melbourne, I feel like if um, South, uh, Penrith are to win this week, it's going to be off the back of their defense. And it's probably one of the best finals run I've ever seen and the most resilient finals run I've ever seen from a team. Totally, totally. So we've looked at defense. It's going to be a definitely look. It's definitely going to be a huge defensive battle for sure. But then I've got some stats here from attack. So this is uh, more uh, some kicking stats here uh, through the regular season plus the finals. So it's the average kick meters per match: Cleary and Luai uh, versus Reynolds and Walker. Um, so average kick meters for Cleary and Luai in a match is six hundred and forty-eight point eight. Plus, uh, and then going up against Reynolds and Walker, 432.3. Um, firstly, does old mate know that um, the little emoji that he's got there for the Panthers isn't actually a panther? Say, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really, that's, that's not a panther. Um, oh, I'll have to let him know. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, Cleary... Um, Cleary, I think, has the best kicking game in the competition at the moment. I think, obviously, Adam Reynolds has an argument to say that he does, but uh, Cleary's probably got the best kicking game in the competition. He's some of the floating bombs that he'll put up, and uh, he's just ridiculous. Like, he averages nearly 500 himself, doesn't he? Or, like, mid-500s, mid, mid 500s maybe. There's been a lot of games where he's kicked over 700, and I think he even had an 800-meter kicking game, I think, up against uh, Parramatta. I'm not sure I'd have to double check those stats, but mm. Nathan Cleary's a freak um, with the boot and so is Adam Reynolds. So that's going to be a major key matchup and uh, some, one I'm really looking forward to. Dill? Yeah, obviously Cleary being the best half in the comp obviously showed that in the New South Wales, getting that jersey in the Dallium half of the year. But just his halves partner, Jerome Lua, I feel like the progress he's made through his 40 metres out, just pinning their side down in pinning the other side down in a corner on a fourth tackle, third tackle kick. And I'll just go back to uh, a lot of rounds ago when they were up against the Roosters. Roosters got off to a flying start and then you see Cleary put a kick through for Stephen Crichton. They score off the back of that and then three times in one set they get repeat sets and then they just slowly wind teams down and run out, uh, run them out. And then Cleary's kicking game just absolutely kills the other sides and Luiz does too. And so does Cody Walker and Reynolds like I was looking at last week um Reynolds obviously had that injury and Cody Walker was taking all the kicks I didn't really realize he had an injury until about half time and they said um Reynolds has got a groin injury that's why he's not taking the kicks and Cody Walker he wasn't kicking bad anyway like he got um plenty of times he got a re a couple repeats he was kicking and put him down nicely into a corner but one thing that stood out for me in the I'll go to the south side of it when they were kicking to Jason Saab I feel like that's a great tactic from Cody Walker just pinning them down in the corner because as we know Manly liked to shift the ball early and shift it to the right side of Manly to Jason Saab with his speed but the way Cody Walker executed those kicks put them in the right spot at the right time I feel like his kicking game has progressed massively and this is probably the two best halves in the game going up against each other, not only for their game management, but their kicking is just instrumental in both of their sides. Yeah, look, I can agree with that. Uh, but if you're looking at both of these kickers, Cleary, Luai, Reynolds, Walker, 
Reynolds isn't going to be doing much kicking because he still is carrying that injury. Um, so, look, you're minus about two, half of that uh, kicking average kicking meters. And Penrith have a huge advantage here coming come up with kicking. Uh, breaking it down here, bomb kicks, uh, average meters for bomb kicks. Panthers, or should I say the Cheetahs, uh, 106 to, um, to the Rabbitohs being 60. Uh, grubber kicks, uh, pretty even there, 68 to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 58. Cross field kicks, 27, South 10. Uh, kicks dead. Uh, Penrith have a lot less of that, uh, so 7 to South 15. Uh, then 40-20s or 20-40s. Um, only one for Penrith uh, where Souths have three. Um, so, look, it is going to be a tough kicking battle, especially for Souths when you've got Reynolds taken out, obviously, with that groin injury. It's a lot of pressure put on Cody Walker, uh, especially coming up against Cleary, whose kicking game is just phenomenal, like Dylan said, uh, and Luai as well. So very tough battle there for Cody Walker. Yeah, I think um, what sort of stands out as I read through this is the actual volume of kicks. Uh, the Panthers have actually just kicked a lot more than what the Rabbitohs have. And uh, what that comes down to as well is the, the amount of repeat sets and the pressure and the possession that Panthers build. You saw it a lot last year. We see it a lot this year. Uh, Panthers build pressure and and apply that pressure to the point where they just strangle strangle sides and that's how they win their games is is they slowly just sort of get a side out of the game just by keeping them in their own end and bashing them through the middle and um that's what sort of stands out to me is just is the sheer volume of kicks they'll get they'll get some so a lot of those bomb kicks would have been say uh not a lot of them but a, a fair few of them say against uh, the Rabbitohs last time where Josh Mansour dropped a few big bombs. They get the ball back. They apply more pressure. Um, a lot of those grubber kicks would have re resulted in repeat sets because that's what Nathan Cleary does is he puts it into the end goal. And you've seen the tactic of his lately is to jab it in and sort of get it around to um, for you guys like Stephen Crichton and Matt Burton to push through and try and score off those sorts of things or even aiming at the post to get it to, get it to bounce back and, Look, it's just Panthers building pressure as, as they do. Yeah, definitely. As Jacob said, the pressure that Cleary can build just through kicking is so instrumental in how they go out um, and carry themselves throughout the game and what the scoreline will have on the game. But kicking is probably one of the most important thing a half can do. They're out there to put them kicks in certain spots. And you look at examples like, for example, the Titans, if they – could get a good kicking game against the Roosters. They had a few wonky kicks, a few that went dead, a few that were just going to Tupo easily to get him back a lot of metres. But if they kick well that game, they win and they march on to another finals game. So kicking's just so instrumental in no matter what side, no matter what game. And I feel like whoever kicks better this week, it's just going to be a toss of the coin who gets the W at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. Well, another stat here we've got is play the ball speed. Average play the ball speed. And I think Cameron Murray will top that for oh, sure. Yeah, well, he is. He's topped it uh, 2.947. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what, exactly what that's measured in. I think it's probably seconds, but you look at this list. I'd imagine not... it's second. I mean, you don't re many, you don't see many uh, two-minute play the balls. Oh, well, uh, you, you never know. You never know. There might be the odd one, two-minute Some of the big boys are a bit tired through the middle. Exactly right, especially at the end of the game when you know you've won. Just a quick two-minute play the ball. Um, 
Kenny Edwards is the best at it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, look, Cameron, so Cameron Murray's leading this, and I think Cameron Murray's going to be really instrumental, especially if they get a do get a quick play the ball, and then it's just all over there for Penrith. Um, but just looking at this list, there's not a Penrith player in sight. It's Cameron Murray for South, and then a bunch of other players from other clubs. But yeah, as I said, Cameron, no, no, there is no Penrith players in sight on this list. Yeah, um, Cameron Murray's play the ball speed is so uh, crucial to South Sydney. Um, he takes a tough run, gets on elbows and knees, gets up, gets a quick play of the ball going, and that's how they sort of build a lot of their left hand raids. Um, I've said it, I've said it a number of times before. Cam Murray is so uh, instrumental to uh, South Sydney's success purely because of that fact. And then you add in the fact that he can ball play as well. He can draw in numbers and throw out the back or hit somebody on the short ball. He he can score tries. He can set them up. He's He's sort of the most complete lock forward in the competition at the moment. And that's sort of why I think that, because he's just got everything that a lock forward will need. Yeah, definitely. As, as you said, Cameron Murray's there for a reason. I feel like no matter if it's last tackle, I feel like I always see Cameron Murray playing the ball, laying that platform for a walk or a Reynolds kick. And even if it's not, it might just be a, that uh, like a one to four tackle and they, he gets that quick play the ball and that's what South love to play off. They love to play off the quick play the balls. They love to play off the cuff. And then when you have Cameron Murray running at you again to quick play the ball, you then have Damian Cook scooting out a dummy half and then you have Cody Walker punching a hole or Reynolds setting up a play down his side. It's just so torturing for the other teams. But as you said, surprised to not see any Penders players on there with them being in the grand final and Luke Thompson being at the bottom at this at three seconds. I feel like the locks usually have the quickest play the ball speed. Like if Adam Reynolds is or Blake Taff, as you boys said, are going to need to kick a field goal. I guarantee you that Cameron Murray is going to be the one to take that hit up because he makes so many meters and gets that quick play the ball. It's just going to give the markers no time to pressure him. And with the blockers as well, that's going to play a major toll. Obviously you being a South supporter, what are your thoughts on the blockers? If someone like Isaiah Yo gets a quick play the ball and the block is um, in to Veen with Cleary kicking a field goal. What would your reaction be to that? Look, I'm not I'm not a big believer on the blockers. I, I think that it, it is just a bunch of BS from the fans, to be honest. I, I Look, look, it, it, it happens. It happens, but it, it's not a big deal at the end of the day. You go back to the South one where Sam Walker kicks that field goal against the Titans and they were having a go at the Roosters for blockers, there is plenty of opportunities for those Titan pl- Titans players to run and still get um, Sam Walker there. There was plenty of holes in the wall that the Roosters were putting up. So it's not impossible and the Roosters aren't protecting. It's not like NFL where they're running up to protect their quarterback. Uh, there's still plenty of opportunities um, to get that player, to get the field goal. Um but look, honestly, I think that it is, it's not really a big deal uh, in, in a sense. I think the South's defense this season uh, gets cleary. I think we'll shut them down again this weekend, me being as unbiased as possible. Um, but yeah, look, as I said, I think South's defense has been so influential this season. Um, so yeah, being the South supporter that I am, I do see South winning this game, even if it is just by one point, Black Taft field goal. Um, but going back to this quick play the balls, you're definitely right, Dylan, about just locks, uh, mostly locks. You look at Cam Murray, Josh Jackson, uh, Jake Trevojevic, 
Uh, Jack Hetherington plays lock a lot too. Uh, Joseph Depine as well. Luke Thompson for sure. Uh, It is mainly locks. Um, But I think Cameron Murray is is just so good at getting that quick play the ball and even just setting up plays. You see in Origin as well, his ball skills are are off off this world, defense off this planet. I think Cameron Murray gets the Clive Churchill for me. I definitely think he is definitely in the running for that. Yeah, I sort of, sorry to interrupt Jacob there, but I sort of want to say something with Cameron Murray. As you spoke about the ball playing he brings to the south side, the way he just puts the defence in two minds because he's such a powerful runner. People have got to be ready for him to run. And he also has that ability to tip out the back to Reynolds, Walker, and that just holds the whole other defensive line and makes him stop. And that's what Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds love to play off. They love to play off a line that's broken and not sure what to do because Cody Walker just takes that with both hands and just goes, this is the defence I like to attack against. And he just takes that opportunity. And down that left side, you see he's had 50% involvement in South's tries this year, which is an incredible number, but I don't feel like South are going to let any chances slip, obviously being against a massive Penrith side that do love to defend and can show that they can defend all day if they have to. It's going to be one of them games that if you get the opportunity, you're not going to get it much, just like a grand final. You don't get a grand final every year. So this is just going to be a crack of a game and it's going to come down to someone like Cam Murray applying that X Factor or Isaiah Young on the other side. That's the two best locks. We, uh, Jake and made a post about it. It's going to be one of the best matchups on the day. It's just going to be so important to their sides and it's just going to be a great game and a great matchup. Yeah, look, totally. Um, Jacob, any other thoughts from you on this one? Uh, no, not really. I just sort of think that as we said, Cameron Murray is going to be instrumental in, in South Sydney's uh, performance. I think he's, his defence and his play-the-ball speed and his ball-playing skills, is he's the most complete uh, lock lock footballer in the competition, mm. I, I believe. So, yeah, he's, going to, he's just going to be massive. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, those stats were from VK and Analytics. Yeah, I can't read today. VK and Analytics. Yeah, analytics. So give uh give them a follow if you don't already. A uh, great page for for stats, uh, especially from players and from teams. Going through some news now. So SunCorp Stadium will be reduced to a seventy five percent capacity for Sunday's NRL Grand Final due to Brisbane's COVID outbreak. Patrons will have to wear masks at all times, including when seated. Look, um. It's going to be, I reckon, I'll, I'll actually prefer watching games from home, to be honest. I think it just feels better and it saves you that um, that the job of driving home at like 10 o'clock at night and trying to get out of the car park. I think watching it from home is better for me. Um, obviously, bit living in Sydney, it's not really affecting me much. It's more affecting the people uh, up, in, up in Queensland. There was talk about the game being moved to Townsville as well. Um, depending on how this uh, COVID outbreak goes in Queensland. Um, but that that report was from SEN Radio. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, look, firstly, I miss going to Bankwest to go watch the footy. I, I love it. That's why, and, you know, 
a very simple way to avoid the problem of uh, being able to get out of the car park is you take public transport and you get get on with the rowdy blokes heading back to bloody Mount Druid and Penrith and uh, Campbelltown and all that, getting rowdy. It's good, good <laughs> stuff, that is. Um, look, I feel bad for the people who bought tickets and now have to miss out because of this 75% capacity. I'll, I'll try not to get too political uh, in saying this, but... Um, it's one or two cases. Surely you could have waited a little bit uh, more to see how it sort of panned out. And um, if you didn't think it was going to be safe for uh, people to go, then move it to Townsville or move it to somewhere where you can have a full house. Cause there's nothing better than going to the footy and it's just packed, um, just, just mm. fully packed. And there's people everywhere and the atmosphere is, is uh, really good, which is something that you don't get watching the game and something that, um, something that sort of makes it stand out for me going to the footy rather than just sitting, sitting at home and watching it's just the atmosphere around the ground of a full packed house. Yeah, definitely. Obviously the crowds these days, they play such a massive impact on um, uh, whatever team there is and whatever main crowd it is. Obviously, as Jacob said, Bank West, it's obviously a Parramatta home ground and Parra usually really get up for this game due to the crowd and being on the sideline there as the ball boy, just seeing how much the fans love it and how much they scream. It's just so cool just being down there on ground level. But as um, as the news said, I believe there's a few LGAs in Townsville. I believe that's why they didn't move it there. But yeah, as I said, crowds play so much part of the game of rugby league and I love going to games and watching it there. But as you said, there's sometimes when I don't like to go to games because there's that silly goose behind me that's drunk and just does not know what to say and not know when to say. But yeah, people like that sort of wreck it for some, but I like watching footy from home and I also like it at the field. So crowds play such a massive role in the NRL and obviously being a grand final, you want to, every kid's dream, every player's dream is to play in a packed house at ANZ or even this year Suncorp and you've got to take your hat off to the Queensland government, the way they've taken the whole game up there to locate the families, to locate 16 teams around different parts of Queensland. It's just been so terrific, but something like this obviously is heartbreaking for the fans and the players. Yeah. yeah, I love going to the footy at Bankwest and seeing you and few few of our mates just sit down there and we just yell. If I'm with if I'm with some of the boys, we just yell out abuse at you, and that's that's probably the best part as well. Just hurling abuse at the ball boys, especially when you know, especially when you know them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. And I love watching certain Mount Druitt supporters going absolutely ballistic at games for sure. I mean, that is one of the ups of going to the footy. Um, I have to get on a train with them. It's good stuff. It's real good stuff. Some of the Aww. some of the quality I've heard from uh, blokes coming back from games, especially it's when it's like a Para Penrith game or it's a Western Sydney derby, and I get back on the uh, Blue Mountains line train to uh, go back home, and bloody some of the people that get on there are just drunk and rowdy, and it's good stuff. I love it. Well, mate, I'd have to try that one out. I haven't really had a go at those uh, Matt Druitt uh, trains or buses, but look. Uh, definitely we'll give it a go. It sounds really fun. Um, uh, exclusive here from Michael Chamis, just to finish up. Russell Crowe has handpicked Isaac Luke to ring the iconic foundation bell before Sunday's grand final after missing the 2014 decider. Uh, and Russell Crowe said, we consider you the Prince of Redfern. So what are your thoughts on that, Jacob? Um, look, 
the fact that Isaac Luke missed out on the 2014 grand final is disgraceful and will be disgraceful mm. to the day I die. Um, it was like, come on. You, you, I, to miss out on an opportunity of a lifetime and one that he didn't get another opportunity at either um, over something that now he would only just get off with a fine mm. is ridiculous. So uh, good on Russell Crowe. I mean, it doesn't, take back that moment for him but at least it's something he gets to be part of the part of the atmosphere and a part of the uh part of the rabbit success sort of thing but look i'm oh it's ridiculous that he got to miss out on that chance in the first place so yeah good on russell crowe for for doing this for him Mm. yeah as you said uh as um russell said we consider you the prince of redfern what he did that year he was probably one of the best hookers going around and obviously to miss out on a grand final as as you said you don't get these every year and you, this is one of a lifetime chance obviously it was for isaac and what he's done for the south community obviously with russell crowe saying that he is the prince of redfern is a massive honor to have and if i'm isaac i'm super honored and privileged to be a part of this and being a better fan of your uh Rabideau's fan of yourself the the city down there will just be going nuts i believe there's people are uh, driving around putting Rabideau's paintings on people's driveways and stuff like that the so phantom this is what, bunny yeah, oh, this, yeah. Is what, this is how much the um grand final means to the people of south sydney and as we sort of touched on before the storylines in this grand final they're just going to be so um cool to see and how they pan out but isaac luke done it all won a grand final i believe he did get given a ring from someone if i'm correct but if we go back to that year when he missed out the only person uh the person that subbed him in was happy coruscant so there's just so many storylines heading into this game but yeah um good work from isaac well that's really interesting you could even make an argument if happy coruscant didn't play in that grand final would he be playing for penrith today will he be the well-known player that we know, Abby Corusau today, would he have played Origin? There's so there's so many what ifs. I could talk about what ifs all day. Um, but Isaac Luke, he he was really phenomenal playing for South. I actually enjoyed him watching him in that South jersey in Brisbane the other day next to the trophy. It was really good. Yeah. Does um Brandon Smith season this year remind you a bit of Isaac Luke's 2014 season? As a Rabbitohs fan, you probably would have watched it a lot more closely, but. What do you think I was, about that? I was going to say that, actually. Like, Brandon Smith does remind me a lot of Isaac Luke. He he plays a very similar game, and he's one of those really strong dummy halves as well, just like Isaac Luke was, or sh- I should say is. Uh, unfortunate that he's, re- he's retired now. Um, but, geez, he, he definitely does remind me a lot of, um, of, of Isaac Luke, Brandon Smith. He really does. Uh, you could definitely make an argument that, Brandon Smith uh, does resemble a lot of Isaac Luke for sure. Definitely love watching both of those guys play. That he that Isaac Luke had to retire. Yeah, I'm just trying to search it up now. I had in my head that Isaac Luke was Dalian Poker of the Year that year. Was was? Oh, I, I wouldn't have. I would. I would not have a clue. My memory is shockers. Um, I just had it in my head that he was for. I'll have a look. I'm gonna just have a look for that real quickly. You just you just keep um, just talking talking a bit of shit about. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised 
if uh, he was the hooker of the year in that year. He was, he was so good for South. Uh, went to the uh, Warriors and had a good uh, year there as well, a few years there. Uh, great player. Oh, no, it was, I think it was James. I think it was James Seguiaro that year. Yeah, He's, I've got wasn't it Seguiaro. Yeah. Well, so even yeah, Seguiaro. Even Seguiaro was fantastic as well when he was playing. And uh, obviously that wouldn't incident with Brisbane was just unfortunate. But, yeah, both of those yeah. guys were really good. Couldn't James Seguiaro have been anything? Like, he was a freak when he was going around starting and, and playing. Uh, I don't know how many games he ended up playing, but... Uh, mm. When he ended up being reserves at Brisbane and just sort of getting uh, shifted around, and oh, oh, he could have been anything as well. In terms I think of he, he was a good player. I think he's still playing reserve grade Seguiaro, um, just off the top of my head, but I'm not sure where though. I know he's, I know he's not playing for Brisbane anymore, but I do think he is yeah. still playing reserve grade um, and still eligible for like international teams, like for PNG. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, so he's only 30 now, James Seguiaro. He, yeah, he could have been anything really. How many games did he play? He played 164 yeah. games. Yeah. I remember his time at uh, uh, Cowboys and Panthers when he was just coming on. And hmm. uh, he was a really good player to watch and obviously shows with the fact that he won the uh, Hooker of the Year that Ooh. year. And yeah. oh, I, Yeah, no, I think he's stopped playing now because the last thing that will come up is his 2019 season with the Broncos. So, yeah. We'll even look back to when he played for Cronulla. He was fantastic. For Brisbane, in that start of that year, he was great. It was just really unfortunate uh, what happened yeah. there. Now, boys, I could talk to you all day, um, but I've got to cut it off here. Thanks for hopping on, guys. Really appreciate it. No, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us on, mate. Usually, uh, usually your podcasts are like, 10 15 minutes just talking about the news just by yourself whenever we seem to hop on it seems to drag on to about hour i love having a chat boys i love having a chat well that is it for the all things rugby league slash short ball podcast grand final review i really hope you enjoyed this one guys i know i did recommend this podcast to a friend and i'll see you guys in the next one yeah.